1: in a mississippi minute that's right welcome to the mississippi minute i'm steve azar these are some unique times once we get back to this so-called new norm and i know the comeback is coming on there's so many wonderful things to do right here in mississippi just a short drive away go to visit mississippi.org to find out more i've known and respected today's guest for quite some time his voice has become so recognizable and synonymous with the game of golf. But before he became the highly touted and in-demand d- television broadcaster, he also had a decorated career playing the game he preaches. Born in Las Vegas. Nobody's born in Las Vegas, but he was. And spent his college golf years performing uh, at a very high level at the University of Arizona, big-time golf school, as an all pac 10 selection in 84. And in 89, he'd go on to win the Arizona Amateur. He turned pro. And would win twice, but three days after turning pro would suffer a serious back injury and a really bad car wreck. Determination, work ethic, ethics, period. Describe and define our guest today. So let's get it on and welcome into the Keep Mississippi beautiful studios, the highly well regarded man we call Foltzie, my pal Jerry Foltz. What's up, Jerry? <laughs>
2: That sounded like pure fiction. That intro, I appreciate it, Steve. It's an honor to be on your show. Are you kidding the, me? <laughs> I've been a fan of yours for so long. It's ridiculous. When I met you at the uh, at the golf tournament at the BMW Charity Pro Am at the Cliffs, it used to be called on the now corn ferry tour. Yeah. And then got to sit in front of you on the plane ride to Atlanta from there. I was like, I just thought I was a kid in a candy store. That was so cool for me. So you're being on your that. radio shows in honor.
1: This is, this is the, you know, it flips with me asking questions and, and sort of running the helm. So now I'm flipping you. So it's a, it's a heck of a weird feeling for me to put, you know, at the very beginning and, and folksy, my first guest was John Daly. So you can imagine. Oh. So I went from Daly to Ingval. <laughs> to uh mcmahon to uh valentine to fuhrer and it was a met, it was wild and they were like what are you doing stevie you know like <laughs> so <laughs> almost into 300 shows now and uh they haven't kicked me off the air just yet it's been a lot of fun Learning the stories of friends and people that I've loved for years and sometimes I haven't even known But man, you spend a mississippi minute with them. You really get to know them. I know that these are crazy times You're a broadcaster right now. You're so good at what you do So the first thing I want to do is ask you like songwriting, right? There's a craft to it How far have you come and does it ever get easy? uh, And become really second second nature for you or do you always have to sort of prepare and really stay focused.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I don't think about it much, but when I think back to the very beginning, uh, and how nervous I was all the time, and how how just panicked I was every time it was my call, or every time, especially when I had to do it on camera, goodness gracious. Um, and then when I would do interviews, oh my God, I would get terrified when I had to interview somebody. I'd <laughs> have I'd always write down a couple questions in my artist book, and I'd look at them because I'd invariably be so nervous. I wasn't listening to them. I couldn't remember my next question, <laughs> and uh, and then you know then you realize that you're while they're answering. You're looking down at your yardage book. It throws them off, and finally I uh, I, I did a a tournament at my boss's suggestion. Keith and you met him. He's, he's a huge fan of yours yeah, as yeah, well. He it. doesn't, be, yeah, not with golf channel anymore, but great guy. And he said, go out there. Do a broadcast without your notes, and do some interviews without any questions in your in your uh, written down, and uh, and that's when I finally realized, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Maybe yeah. maybe I just have you know been blessed with the ability to BS and think quickly enough on my feet to be able to do it. Um, and when I now when I when I think forward, like this past weekend, I did the made Driving Relief, that big shindig, the return to golf down at Seminole. I was. I mean, more eyeballs on that than probably any broadcast I'd ever done. It was the first time in ages I got nervous. And we were using technology that I'd never used before. I had delays in my ear. Was, <laughs> it, the, the formula was, the, 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 the scenario was ripe right to be a complete failure from my position, because mine ha- happened to be the toughest one, not being able to hear the players' mics and the fear of talking over them and stuff. Um, and I just, you know, I told myself right before we came on the air, I go, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, There was no way to prepare yourself for this, so just figure it out as you go along and roll with it and and try and think that somehow you're good enough and you're quick enough to be able to do it, and it worked out. And uh, I don't ever enter a broadcast unprepared. I think that's the biggest thing. You don't... I mean, I I don't know what it's like to create art, uh, as you do. Um, Mine's more... I don't know, I guess there's a little art to it that's not creating art. I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm just uh, talking on the fly, which is, you know, I guess some people can and some people can't. But uh, I think the secrets are never, ever uh, entering a broadcast feeling unprepared. Uh, I, I probably could do it, um, and, and you wouldn't know the difference, but I would. And, the, and, mm-hmm. and you try, just like every song you write, everything you do, you try and at the end of the day think, I did everything I possibly could in my power. To help make this the best best broadcast I could for me and my team, and uh, and and there's very few days where I leave the golf course thinking uh, I you know I didn't do my best today. I might not have been that good, but I always I always <laughs> tried uh, to do my best.
1: I get it. We're talking to Jerry Foltz, Foltz, So take me back to your wonder years. You're born in Vegas. where your parents like just they showed up for a weekend of gambling, and they just happened to. You just happen to come out then? I mean, like, did your parents really live in Vegas?
2: Yeah, they moved there from uh, Northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati. My grandpa owned basically a speakeasy, an underground gambling establishment. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, that's where I get my uh, my pension for uh, enjoying myself in the post work hours. Um, And then they had a new governor come into Kentucky uh, and kind of shut things down from that regard. About 1961, uh, my dad and mom had already had three kids, and he had no way to make a living. All he knew was gambling. So he loaded up the uh, station wagon and moved the family to Vegas and got a job out there as a blackjack dealer. And next year I was born. Dad loved golf. When he uh, when he was really young, he used to uh, shag balls and sometimes caddy for Tommy Armour. The real, the first. Uh, wow. Silver Scott, Tommy Armour, yeah. And uh, so he absolutely loved golf. He played every weekend with his friends and, and introduced me to it from, well, I don't remember ever not having a golf club, you know, cut down, hand-me-down things. And uh, I got to go occasionally to the driving range with him or tag along on his when I was six, seven, eight years old, tag along on a Saturday game when he wanted to get me out of mom's hair. Uh, and my siblings here, because I used to drive them crazy being the last kid and the spoiled one. And then uh, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the solitude of it, with the uh, with the reward of of not having a coach or a teammate. I played baseball all the way up till high school, and uh, and I was all right at it. Uh, I was a pitcher, but I just I couldn't stand it when somebody else would make a mistake and we would lose. I and I was you know had a pretty bad temper, and I hated it. And that's the one thing about golf. It, it's just it's so humbling, but the solitude of it, the having nobody to blame. It's, it you know, your your target still, your object still. The only thing that moves is you. And, uh, and I just absolutely fell in love with it and then eventually got a job when I was 11 years old at the Las Vegas Muni course. And I worked there for about five years every other day from 3 p.m. till close for $5 a day. Never got a raise, <laughs> uh, but it did afford me the opportunity to play for free as much as I wanted. And I, I literally grew up at the Las Vegas Municipal Golf
1: Course. Wow. Okay, so your dad meets Tommy Armour. How does that happen? Is it, does it happen through gambling or does it happen on the golf course?
2: Good question. I never asked him. I huh. never really asked him. Yeah, he's oh, wow. been gone for a while but I never yeah. asked him. I uh he yeah, he took he used to take me out when I was really young. One of my favorite memories ever. It's 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 like bright as day in my head for some reason. I couldn't have been eight, nine years old and he took me out to the Las Vegas invitational which was the PGA Tour event in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, working in the casinos. I'm sure he got some tickets from somebody and uh and we went out there, and I, I mean, I, I couldn't, I, he couldn't keep me there long enough. It was the most amazing thing watching these professional golfers and some of the colorful characters. But Arnold Palmer was hitting balls on the range, and it was, I think, Saturday or Sunday. He had a pretty late tea time, and, and obviously, there was a crowd around Arnold Palmer on the range, and uh, I guess it had to be Sunday because they had the ropes right up next to the players. So uh, usually at a, at a pro event, they start pretty far forward on Thursday, and by Sunday the players are as close to the gallery as they can be, or used to be, probably not going to be the case anymore. Nonetheless, uh, he saw me back there. He saw, I would think I was the only kid there, and uh, I was just transfixed by him. I think my dad might have been holding me up on his shoulders, and he said, let that kid come up here. And I sat down literally five feet behind Arnie straight down the line watching him hit t- Watching him hit two irons and the sound it made, and these little dollar bill sized divots, thin and long and straight and square, and that ball rising into the crisp sky it was—it's as vivid as anything I could ever imagine. He, he, you know, he didn't say much to me; he would give me a nod or something like that. But uh, Arnold Palmer brought me forward to watch him hit balls like the. And he's wow. always been my hero in life; always was. I was so thrilled to. Meet him. I got to interview him a number of times. Do a couple of studio shows with him in the Golf Channel studios, and everything you've heard about him is true a thousand percent. He was just the most tremendous, most generous guy on earth. So, yeah, it uh, it was an interesting beginning. Not many people are born in Vegas. Not many natives, at least of my generation, and certainly not many uh, people who take up golf. Uh, we're born in Vegas.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go to visit dot org. Check out all the cool things we're gonna do. We're gonna bring our man Jerry Folks down here and uh, initiate him into the uh, Club of Mississippi All Things Soul because he digs music and digs art. You're going keep Mississippi beautiful, studio. Don't away.
0: In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute, rolling down a highway, Vegas style. Well, not in Vegas anymore. I think he's in parts. Known Florida. Jerry Foltz, I'm guessing, is in Florida right now. Is that correct, Jerry?
2: I am. Me and my, uh, I guess, I call her girlfriend because we haven't gotten married. Uh, I thought you got married. Also... Wait,
1: wait, wait, no. wait. Who now? Wait. You... I thought you guys got married. No,
2: no, no, no. We can't. We're still married to our exes. Uh, it's a long story. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, is that? Even... They don't work. <laughs> they don't work. So we support them uh, fully. So it just works out financially better. So we are cohabitants. Uh, we bought a house together, which was an interesting uh, closing, to say the least. But. Anyway, we live just outside Orlando, out in the country. I'm a country guy at heart. Always wanted to live in the country. Got five acres out here in the middle of nowhere. Nice, big, giant fishing lake in the back. And then pond on the other side of the house, and, and life couldn't get any better for me right
1: now. That is awesome. You know, everybody that's listening on the road just pulled over because they want to hear the dirty details. But we're not going to go into that. So, everybody, start your car back, put your seatbelt on, and get back to where you're going. Go back to work. Get back to it. We're talking to Jerry Folster in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Guys, there's so many great things to do right here. you got to check it out. As a music and culture ambassador, Mississippi, I can tell you firsthand, I've seen them all. All right, Jerry Foltz, let's get to the new norm. What is it going to look like in Europe from from your perspective? Uh, when a fan shows up now, and, and maybe in this initial period, uh, when they show up to the golf course to go watch a tournament, I mean, they're going to have six feet of rope between them. They have a chain. I mean, what's going to happen? And what is it going to be like? Do you think? Um, and then when are you getting started again?
2: Uh, you know, initially the first tournament's going to be Colonial, um, and that's going to be in June on the PGA Tour. LPGA has announced the late uh, July start, if that happens. They don't quite have the the resources to basically take over an entire hotel and charter a jet like the PGA Tour does, and they'll learn a lot from the PGA Tour. But I think the first four weeks, or at least the first two weeks, there aren't going to be any fans. Uh, there'll be a very limited footprint. I think they're limiting the number of people on the, Uh, on-site as much as possible. It's not going to be over just a few hundred, including players and caddies. So wives aren't allowed, uh, agents aren't allowed. Um, So it's going to be a really small footprint, and the TV footprint's going to be small. A lot of the uh, people who would normally be on-site are going to be either in the Golf Channel studios or in the St. Augustine, P.J. Tour production studios Hmm. or uh, or elsewhere. Um, So it's going to look quite a bit, It'll look, you it, know, they'll have more production quality and elements than we had for the uh, TaylorMade Driving Relief because that was put together in three and a half weeks and was meant to keep the smallest possible footprint. But it's going to be safe. It's going to be as safe as possible. I had a long chat with Commissioner Jay Monahan on Sunday at the Driving Relief uh, tournament, and he just explained to me the mountain of work that has gone into the scheduling and the preparation to limit the risk and to keep everybody as safe as possible. But I also. You know, in talking to so many doctors in my in my life, and especially when we were down there, the guy who ended up all the testing for COVID relief for all of us who came to our houses and did all the testing, and just listening to smart people who read everything uh, medically about this, mm-hmm. you know, the chances of anything being contracted outdoors is so minuscule compared to a controlled environment that I think everything is going to come off without a hitch. And I think before you know it, we'll have we'll have fans out there, we'll have a lot of fans out there, and they're all going to be asked to, you know. To do what they need to do, whether it's wear a, a light mask on the face or whether it's remain at a comfortable distance away from other people, but they'll all and they'll all have their temperature scan heading in. So that that's really going to limit any potential contraction of the COVID virus outdoors at a PGA tour event. I'm I'm, I'm plenty comfortable with that. I think guys are a little more nervous about the travel and the hotels and the dining than they are the actual exactly. uh, what happens at the at the
1: at the golf course. That that we're talking to Jerry Foltz, Jerry. That's the part that sort of you know that exhausts me because i love to travel i love to fly i love to uh you know you know eat at new places and and rub shoulders and hug people you know so that's going to be the part where i'm going to become complacent at some point because i I enjoy those things part of the journey of getting to a show or getting to an event uh that's really going to bother me so you know we we were actually in the pacific northwest uh the week and then i had a show in seattle and it was the week they canceled everything, and and my wife kept going, Quinn kept going. There's no way Seattle's having the show. And they, I'd I'd reach out to the promoter, and he goes, Yes, we're still good, we're still good. And it was like four days before, and then she goes, You got to move this show. So we left Portland, but the. And they did shut down the town that, that next day or two. So my, I give kudos to my wife for wisdom because I didn't have it. I was ready to go play. Invincible. I played in tornadoes and thunderstorms and lightning. And, you know, <laughs> I feel like, come on, what's the big deal? We're talking to Jerry Foltz. Hey, so, Foltzy, go back to growing up. I, I want to know about this car wreck because you—that's know, that's, an, that's a, an adverse time in your life. That's a tough time for you. Here you are, you're playing your tail off, right? And you get your card, take me through... Just that in the rehab and what was going through your mind and your body at the time.
2: Well, some of those dates on whatever, I guess, you, you did some Wikipedia and some other stuff. Some of those dates are a off. But I turned, I, uh, I got out of school in 1986. Yeah, 1986, I graduated. I had finished my last year eligibility in '85, but I didn't have any money. And got a job at the golf course out in Tucson, Bentonah Canyon, and worked there for the year while I was finishing up school so I could get a degree. And then at the end of that, I started uh, talking to some uh, sponsors, some of the members to, to back me. And I raised enough money to be able to enter Q School and go. And, and I signed the contracts with them July 1st of that year. Uh, so I was going to keep my job and plan some mini-tour events and get ready for Q School. And July 4th of that year, 1986, I uh, got rear-ended by a drunk driver while I was sitting at a stop sign. And he was going 50. Oh, um, didn't turn out well, and he took off. But they did right, catch him. Yeah. It was his fourth DUI. He had no job. He had no money. He had no insurance. And yeah. and I was pretty well mangled. I didn't have to get in an ambulance. I did go to the hospital. I didn't have to get in an ambulance. And, uh, and felt okay. I mean, obviously, there, when you get in an accident like that, uh, you, you don't know what damage is done. And, and it was about, uh, oh, goodness, about two or three months later, right, about two weeks before Q School started, I started getting these crazy pains in my upper back that were in no way golf-related. And, and I went to so many... Uh, it, pan- it panicked so many medical professionals and physical therapists and chiropractors and spine doctors, and they all said the same thing. They all said this is a typical whiplash injury, if nothing mm-hmm. else. And there's no. They tried blocking it with nerve blocks and this and that. And I was damn sure not going to pass up Q school. And I went and I played the first day and a half, and I couldn't. I could not swing the golf club. I got to where I I couldn't hit a driver about eight, uh, eighty yards. So that was that. And I didn't know if I was ever going to get better. Finally ended up meeting a magical doctor who did some uh, some manipulations on it and some and some injections and epidurals and stuff that masked it for a number of years. But I ended up getting a job. I got a real estate license, started selling commercial real estate. working in bar ah oh, working in bars and restaurants as a bartender and waiter to pay the bills, and, uh, and that, that was going to be my life. I, I enjoyed commercial real estate. It was a bad time to be in it, but I enjoyed it, and I knew that was going to be my career. And if not, I was going to end up managing restaurants, because that's a lot more fun. And about, uh, I guess it was uh, 1980, uh, 1990, I was working in a steakhouse, in, in Arizona, a Fancy Steakhouse, Tucson Court, a guy named Bill Hillenbrand who owned it, who came from a lot of money from Batesville, Indiana. His grandfather had started the nation's largest casket manufacturing company called Batesville
1: Caskets. We had that in, yeah. in Batesville, Mississippi. I believe in Batesville, Mississippi, actually, as well.
2: Huh. Anyway, he he, I played golf with him one day. He heard I played golf. He liked me. He always asked for me to wait on his table when I was there, and that meant a hundred dollar tip. That was pretty damn cool. um and, uh, and I birdied six holes and nine holes of Antana Canyon, including the last five. And the next night at dinner was a Saturday night, and his wife and him called me over after the restaurant was closed, and they said, hey, we love having you around here, but if this golf thing is what you want to do and you want to go try and play the tour, you let me know how much it takes. I'll let my lawyer know, and we'll sign up a contract. Come and, on. Uh, that, yeah, that was, that's the story. That's the baseball the, that casket guy I owe my life to, yep. Wow. Bill Hillenbrand, my best savior in my life. Um, wow. So but the funny part is, Steve, I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. I mean, golf had been my life for all of my life for so long and now i have been out of it for a couple years and I really enjoyed what I was doing. I was, you know, kind of climbing the ladder within the the two company I was working for in the restaurant business and and still trying to find some other kind of profession. I, I did magazine ad sales, I did uh I was selling phone cards, I was doing everything just to try and make ends meet. My wife at the time was a private school teacher making 14 grand a year so yeah, you guys we weren't exactly working. living high on the hog. No. And uh, and I, you know, she said, if you don't do this now, you're gonna you're gonna regret it the
1: rest of your life. So
2: I went and did it and played for about uh, ten, eleven years professionally. Never made it to the highest level full time, but uh, had a decent career otherwise.
1: Well, we're gonna talk about that decent career in a second. You get to play DJ now. We're the birthplace of American music. Your roller coaster ride of a life sounds like mine. I mean, they're very parallel in in a lot of ways. Uh, and I'm starting to twinge a little bit and and shake. <laughs> listening to your story it's wild uh you get to play dj right now would you like to hear a little ike turner or charlie pride
2: Oh, Charlie Pride. Are you kidding uh,
1: me? The That's not the best. He's the best. I recently uh, got to see him and hang with him a little while and also was just communicating with him. Uh, we did some PSAs, and uh, that is one of the most beautiful men I've ever met and met in my life. If you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio, Little Charlie Pride via Jerry Foltz. Uh, don't forget to go to visit mississippi.org. Check out all the cool things we got right here. Over like the devil when you get back home. Kiss an angel good morning. Hey folks, Steve Azar here, letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app. To send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zell necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank. Member FDIC. Check, check one. Where's all my bio? In a Mississippi Minute with
0: Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Rolling down a Mississippi Minute with my man, Folsey, Jerry Foltz, one of the greatest broadcasters on the planet right now. How you like that, Jerry? So, all right. So, we're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios, and that's how we roll. You got to keep your, you got to keep your, uh, what do you call it, keep your house clean. Jerry said he cleaned his house today because he thought we were going to be Skyping or Zooming. So, just like that, we got to keep our property and our land looking good. As we roll down the highway, go to visit Mississippi.org. A lot of things you can do right here. You don't have to go to uh, Pluto to to have a great experience. You got it right here. Talking to Jerry Foltz. Foltz, um, you bring up uh, you brought up something a little while ago and we talked about crowds and what it's gonna be like. What's Phoenix gonna the open gonna look like? What is it, 16, 17? What hole is it? I'm going blank. Yeah,
2: sixteen part
1: three. What is that gonna look like? I mean like it's just such a it just sort of to me ramps up the season. Like yeah. for for a fan, it's like nuts, you know. And so, I can't imagine that not giving us that kickstart that we need. Yeah. And that's always been before the Masters, correct? Am I? Tell me, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yep. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, wh- what's our schedule going to look like? And can I'm just thinking as you, as a broadcaster, I know that. You know, you you and I, I think of Bob Costas when I think of you. I think of some great broadcasters that actually have sort of a heaviness to their message. Uh, it's just more than you're just telling the game of gob. There's something deep rooted in when you're when you're talking on. I can't explain but yeah, I feel like I'm being educated too. I guess that's the best way. I may start calling you the professor, but just give me a second. But, but what's the schedule going to look like as far as majors? And, uh, and do you think about like hole number 16 and Phoenix and oh, not being that?
2: I didn't think about it till now, till you mentioned it. Cause it's so far off. Uh, let's all hope and pray that uh... that the you know we got the most brilliant minds on the entire globe working on this thing right now there's a lot of encouraging news coming out about a potential uh... vaccine um, and if nothing else, if they can figure out why, just why this is really hurting some healthy people—not all, but some healthy people—die from this, if they have some kind of common genetic code or something to be able to identify where to where to where the majority of the population can get back to a normal life, um, I think we have a chance by next year's you know the meat of next year's schedule, including the West Coast swing, to basically be playing as close to normal as possible. But if not if we're still if you know if if we're still under a modified guidelines of the new normal if you will mm-hmm. uh that will really suck for phoenix cuz that is the one event that everybody love it or hate it as a traditionalist everybody watches it to watch that crazy crowd there on 16 i got to broadcast it a few times and actually one year i spent my entire day on the broadcast thursday and friday just hanging out at 16 somehow managed to stay moderately sober during the broadcast but it's just so much fun, yeah. That, that's it. Won't be right if they can't have the party at sixteen. Um, let, let's hope you know. There's, everything's happened at lightning speed right now in terms of research, and uh, and and there's no stone being left unturned. Right. people a lot brighter than you and I are trying to figure right. it out, and I, I think they will. I honestly think they will.
1: We do have a whole world searching for this. These great scientists, they're they're just so advanced, and now they're sort of the gloves are off, so they don't have to really worry about protocol as much as just being safe but this they sort of have the wild west on their side like go get it figure out whatever it's going to take you know and i think that that's fantastic and i i do agree with you the, everybody's got a great analogy that's yeah.
2: such a great analogy yeah. the wild west gloves rock yeah all the red tape's gone for now because yeah. this is too quick this is too big a deal you right. have to, uh, you know, deal with bureaucracy. It's awesome. Great analogy.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Did you, just switch, did you switch the interview on me just then? It's not allowed. Right? Um,
2: not, no, I would love to. Dude, I could interview you longer than you could ever talk to me. Your story's a than mine. No, no, it's oh, not. Yeah. No,
1: no. You oh, know, yeah. I, it's funny. When I had Leslie Visser man, she tried to flip me. She did flip me. And I said, Leslie, <laughs> come on now. Let me, you know, your story is amazing, you know, and just so talented. I love her so much. And then uh, Linda Cohn, I mean, they all tried to flip me. And they they did a decent job but you're not allowed to so all right so look talking to jerry Foltz, everybody you guys you can call him poltsy because uh that's the way we roll um okay the schedule for the pga tour major wise what do we got
2: we have uh let's see what is the first one is it going to be the pga at harding park i believe uh I, they haven't, have they? Yet canceled the British Open? Yeah, they have. I they think did. they canceled the men's British they Open. Did. Yeah, so it's going to be the PGA at Harding Park. Then it'll be the the U.S. Open just made an announcement. I don't know what their dates are, but they just made an announcement that they've canceled all local and, re, and regional qualifying. So it's basically the U.S. Invitational this year, um, which is going to be really tough. It's going to be tough to stomach when you don't see you don't have those you know those uh, long shot stories that make the field um, right yeah but uh and then I don't I know the women's u s opens in December second to last week of the uh, two weeks before christmas, but so I think it goes p g a uh u s open masters masters in October wow, or vice versa wow yeah
1: They're, yeah it's be interesting the masters in October what it's gonna look like as a
2: that's gonna be awesome I can't wait to see the masters in October when the course is gonna be probably it'll be bermuda it'll be struggling to be green bermuda by that point so they'll usually they'll likely put that iron uh that iron topical treatment on it that keeps it looking green right but it's going to be firm and it's going to be fast and it's going to be it, and it's going to be a diff, most likely going to be a different putting surface it'll most likely be a bermuda putting surface um because you just can't get an overseed to be healthy by then uh in in the declining weather the declining heat by that point so it's going to be awesome i think it's going to be and you know the leaves will have changed color by
1: then oh uh, yeah it be a totally so different much vibe. different yeah. yeah things will be dying rather than coming to life but there's still a, a a bit of life to it right there you know you think about fall this the changing color when before yeah. before they leave us it's just an amazing thing um will there be an asterisk of some type on this year's majors do you think or no
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I don't I don't think there's any way there won't be. Um there's an asterisk on this entire year. I saw a tweet yeah, yesterday yeah. from a friend <laughs> of mine, Leslie Leslie Ann Wade, that said uh uh not a single person got it right five years ago when they said, Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> <laughs> soul. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, there, the whole year is an asterisk. Um and it, it'll apply to the majors. It'll yeah, like my son graduated college. He just started his first job as a professional yesterday in Atlanta. And he'll forever be able to tell his grandkids, great grandkids, yeah, I didn't get to graduate, just like all the high school kids, sports yeah. schools that graduated yeah. this year. I was that one class in 2020 <laughs> that wasn't able to enjoy that ceremony. Um, so yeah, that's it's going to apply to all of life. Everything that uh, that's accomplished this year is going to have an asterisk on it from a yeah. from a professional sports standpoint.
1: Our son Adrian graduated as well from Ole Miss this year, and of course he didn't walk, so he was. Uh, we took a picture with him and. And uh, he's studying for the MCAT right now, but we're, uh, uh, it was interesting that he said, okay, and he was so upset, I don't want to put this cap on From you know, my, my wife Gwen just said, his mom said, look, here's the deal, you're going to put this cap on, and we're going to take a picture, and the picture was awful, I mean, like, you know, it's just like, it's awful, I mean, because we haven't, none of us have got like, you know, of course she goes, you can't share that with anybody, I said, well, why did we take that picture, because none of us, not, I didn't mean none of us, there's been no makeup and there's been no doing your hair, and there's and I'm kind of wondering what you wore. you got to send me a picture. Did you get dressed up for this since you knew that you were, uh, or at least you're wearing a shirt? I mean, what's the deal?
2: Oh, today? Today, yeah. Oh, I got my golf shirt on, my Golf Channel shirt, but I tell you what, my hair, for some reason, is just sprouted, <laughs> and I was toying with it the other night. I can almost do a Trump do. I can almost do it.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm graying by the by this interview. I mean, it's happening as we speak, and, uh, and this is the first time that uh, I've ever seen this much gray. Uh, but uh, anyway, it's what it is, and it's part of the journey, so I'm going to embrace as much of it as I can without fixing as much of it as I can. <laughs> so I don't know. We're going we're gonna to see. I'm telling our listeners too much information, but uh, <laughs> anyway. We're, so, folks, let's talk about back painting again i want to go back a little bit and i want to from your perspective as somebody that went through that and you've witnessed tiger do what he's done so you know it's insane to me and it was so moving to watch him come back and then with his the 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 whole thing of it was his dad and now it's his kids this circle of life and he's lived in the middle of it all right and he's gone through so much but back pain in particular And what he's gone through. I mean, every time he swings, do you get a little bit of a do you? Do you ever forget that that may be the swing? That swing right there may come back to haunt him. Or, I mean, mean, what goes through your mind?
2: I'm sorry, Steve. I held the phone away from my face just for a second because it was beeping on a call. Uh, Who were you talking about?
1: I was talking about George Washington. What Washington? What color was George Washington's white horse? No, I'm kidding. Okay, look, I'm joking. All right, I was talking about Tiger. So, Tiger, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You've oh, you, you yeah. gone through this back pain. Just watching him go through it and wondering, could that next swing?
2: Every swing, every yes. swing. I mean, he's he he's done everything he could to take care of it and to lock it in place through all the core exercise and everything, everything he can possibly do. Uh, and he had to you know, obviously get the best surgeons in the world to fuse it. But yeah. Um, I think he's less worried about the fusion part than uh, than creating another disc issue above it. Because if he gets one more fusion above it, uh, that guy won't be able to. I mean, he'll his backswing will look like Doug Sanders. It'll go back to his hip, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure he's worried about that. And at this point in life, we all we all get degenerative disc disease as we age, where they lose mobility and they lose uh, moisture and they become a lot more fragile. So yeah, I, I guarantee he is. I, I know I am. I still to this day experience bouts of, of almost uh, unfathomable back pain and uh, and I see I mean I go to treatment pretty much every week and I probably will for the rest of my life to uh, to just to keep it in as, as loose a shape as yeah, I can. Keep it and check, that's without right. playing golf. Right right. Yeah.
1: right. Talking to Jerry Foltz here in a Mississippi Minute, go to visit 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 Mississippi.org to check out all the cool things we got to do right here. Arts, culture. You got it and we got plenty of great golf courses that's for sure you keep missing beautiful studio we'll be right back
0: Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Wrapping up a Mississippi Minute with my man folks. This has been fantastic. Go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. Check out all the Incredible things we have to do right here on your home state land. It's so fertile in culture and history. You won't you won't believe it. With this new norm and the way broadcasting uh, is going to be for a while, there's probably going to be some innovative things that come out, right? How do
2: we make golf appeal to a broader audience? It's a niche, you know it's a niche sport by and large, except for the majors when tigers play and, and the masters you get you get the uh, you get the passive. And even non-golf fans watching, but right. how do we appeal to them a little more without uh, without abandoning the traditions that are coveted so dearly by the people who do love golf? Um, yeah, I think one of the things, is if we're going to have limited uh, manpower on site, we have to figure out ways to to maximize the viewing experience. And one of those that came out uh, that came out of this uh, past driving relief and this coming Sunday, you're going to see a lot of innovation on Turner um when they have the Tiger Phil uh, uh Peyton Manning Tom Brady match. Right. Uh, I think one huge, easy thing that's going to happen is I think the players are going to and the P.J. Tour is going to be a lot more amenable to wearing microphones because no matter the best commentators in the world, no matter who they are, uh, the ones that I revere and love to listen to, there's not a word they can tell me during a broadcast that's more important to me as a fan than what that player might say to his caddy. There's nothing, absolutely nothing more important to me because that gets me inside the ropes. That makes me oh, feel I love like it. I'm playing alongside with them. Yeah, right, right. So I think... I think we'll see more of that in the near future. Hopefully, um, I know they're doing a lot of testing and experimenting with with drone coverage. With, I mean, a, a drone that can almost go as fast as a golf ball, running you down the fairway with the ball, something like that. Oh, come on! In time, in time, I think we'll see something very similar to that uh as wow. standard part of the coverage or at least providing those aerial views instead of having a blimp or an airplane up there for, you know, fifty, seventy yeah. grand a week that's going to cost you get a, you know, get some 13 year old with a drone who's a magician <laughs> at it who can do it all and you know, give him a few uh six good
1: packs point. of Dr Pepper and let him go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. Very good point mm-hmm. there. You know, you talk about the caddies' relationship, you know, a lot of times to me they're like they're like shrinks. Am I they're,
2: they're, Yeah, no, they're They're their best friend. They are spouse. They are psychologist. They are uh, part Sherpa. Um, (laughs) They are so many things to that player. And they have zero job security. Zero. There's no contracts. There's no there might be a verbal agreement between guys, but they they have zero job security. Most uh, don't have a form of health insurance provided by their employer or or the tour. Now on the PGA Tour, anyway, there is a, a cumulative effort where they get, uh, you know, kind of a joint health insurance policy, but it's not really subsidized. So they, they, they don't have, you know, IRA accounts or anything like that. They're all vagabonds completely on their own. Now, the, the profession itself has, has gone up huge amounts in the Tiger era in terms of how they're perceived, uh, how they approach their job, how professional they are at their job. Uh, you know, showing up on the first tee, smelling like whiskey is a thing of the past for caddies, and that used to be pretty much every caddy I could ever get. Uh, <laughs> so they, they have gone a long ways in elevating the profession and, and the perception of, uh, of, uh, of a professional caddy, and, and I, I commend them for it because they are... They are the most unsung heroes in the game to their yeah. players and to anybody who does media. They're the best. Yeah. And they're my, you know, they're my buddies after, after the round. I don't go find out where the players are hanging out or having dinner. I go hang out with the caddies. They're a lot more fun, actually.
1: Well, you're going to get the true story in the scoop for sure. Oh, you get.
2: Yeah. Well, you're not sure about if they're true, but they are good stories. <laughs>
1: well, hey, from one guy whose dad was the first to uh, open up the first legal liquor store in Mississippi to another's who dad had a speakeasy in Kentucky and moved to Vegas. I think our time for a Mississippi minute has ended and it's been perfect and surreal. And, uh, I can't thank you for, for taking the time,
2: by the way, I love Mississippi played probably a dozen golf tournaments down there, mostly in Southern Mississippi, but uh, the people are the best on the entire planet. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. I love it there. Uh, Thanks Steve. you. Thank I
1: appreciate you. it. We were with Jerry bolts. He said all the right things go to visit mississippi.org. Check. Check out all the cool things you're about to be able to do. Right now, it's like happening. And uh, thanks for tuning in and Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios. In a Mississippi Minute, I'm Steve Azar. That's Jerry Fultz. Fultz, we'll see you later. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Hey folks, Steve Azar here letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to july 31st just download the guarantee bank mobile app to send money with zelle at the apple app store or google play store visit gbtonline.com forward slash zelle sweepstakes for more info and rules no purchase account or zelle necessary to enter to win guarantee bank member fdic Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors here. The show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We
2: enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.